Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, guys? Week number eight review for the fourth phase. And uh, inexplicably, after three weeks of uh, of bye weeks, we don't have any buys this week. So we got a full 16-game slate for week number eight, so a full six-game pick six, along with our normal ten games in the all-out blitz. And uh, if you hadn't read the uh, caption uh, for the show, uh, the Chiefs really boned me this week because, you know, they, they've won 16 games in a row uh, against the uh, Broncos, and they just played them 17 days ago on Thursday night football thinking, yeah, this will be another easy one. The, the, the Chiefs, if if they have anybody's number, it's the Broncos instead. So I went put put all my 16 points on the Chiefs, and uh, they gloriously let me down. Uh, and uh, not only did they lose, they got they got their asses kicked on top of it, man. The Broncos dominated KC in this one, which is just typical, typical. So... Yeah, I put faith in my Bears, and of course they let me down. I thought they'd beat Can- or San Diego. San Diego, good God, the Chargers uh, from L.A. Uh, on Sunday Night Football, and it was another national TV embarrassment for uh, for me and the rest of my Chicago Bear fanned brethren. And uh, we finally have everybody in the league's got to win because uh, the uh, Bryce Young led Panthers won their first game over the Texans uh, on Sunday. So. We got all of that and so much more as uh, let's go ahead and dive in to the week eight review episode of the fourth phase. So let's get started. Welcome to the fourth phase. Presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Yeah, so I'm not sure how the how that works or why the NFL did it this way, but you know, we started with uh with buys in week five. So we had week five, six, and seven, all with bye weeks, but eight, week eight, no buys. Everybody played week number eight. Not sure how that works or why it worked that way, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it did. Um, this wasn't as it wasn't a big upset heavy week, and and I don't know with the way the 49ers are playing if you can consider them losing to Cincinnati much of an upset uh, this week. Um, maybe you can consider the Panthers beating the Texans uh, an upset, considering they were winless uh, going into the uh, game. Everything else pretty much went by the. Uh, by the numbers uh, in this one, maybe the Titans beating the Falcons. You maybe you can consider that somewhat of an upset. The Vikings beat the Packers, the Bills beat the Buccaneers, and so on. But uh, yeah, none of them stings as much as putting all sixteen points on the Chiefs, only to have them basically not get off the bus against the Broncos. And then uh, there's a gigantic hole in my point total uh, for the week. So thanks, 
thanks for that. But uh, nonetheless, let's go ahead and, and dive right into this and all the rest of it. And as we do on the review episodes, we start with the All Out Blitz. All Out Blitz for week number eight. We start in Buffalo on Thursday night football. Both teams had a short week to bounce back from divisional losses on Sunday, and it was Josh Allen and the Bills that were able to come out on top with a 24-18 win over the Buccaneers on Thursday night football. Rams at the Cowboys. Before anyone had a chance to warm their seat on Sunday, the Cowboys jumped all over the Rams in the first half. Dallas had a pick six, a block punt for a safety, and three Dak Prescott touchdowns that uh, contributed to a 33-9 halftime lead as the Cowboys cruised to a 43-20 win over the Rams. Atlanta at Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill still out with an injury. You'd think that would make for an easy uh, easy day for first place Atlanta. Titans rookie quarterback Will Levis had different plans, though, as he threw for 238 and four touchdowns to outshine Desmond Ritter and give the Titans the 28-23 win over the Falcons. <laughs> New Orleans at Indianapolis. Derek Carr threw for 310 and two touchdowns, and Taysom Hill ran for 63 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Minshew and the Colts kept it close in the first half, but were virtually shut out in the second half of their 38-27 to loss to the Saints in Indianapolis. <laughs> New England at Miami. The Dolphins were out to bounce back from their Sunday night football loss to the Eagles and complete the season sweep over the Patriots. Two of through for 324 and three touchdowns with both Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill going over 100 yards and a touchdown each in Miami's 31-17 win over New England. <laughs> Philadelphia at Washington. Jalen Hurts had was hampered by a knee injury but still threw for 319 and four touchdowns. A.J. Brown continues to dominate with his sixth straight game over 125 yards with 130 on eight catches and two touchdowns as Philly takes the season sweep over the Commanders, 38-31. Houston at Carolina. It was the first NFL matchup between the top two picks of the 2023 draft in Bryce Young's Panthers and C.J. Stroud's Texans. Panther kicker Eddie Pinero missed the opening PAT but made up for it with three field goals, including the game winner, as time expired to give the Panthers their first win of 2023, 15-13 over the Texans. <laughs> Cleveland at Seattle in their throwback blue unis. The Seahawks jumped out to a 14-0 lead, only to have the Browns go on a 20-3 run to have the lead late in the game. But a nine-yard touchdown pass from Geno Smith to Jackson Smith and Jigba with 38 seconds to go gave the Seahawks their second win in a row over the Browns, 24-20. to <laughs> Kansas City at Denver. Russell Wilson only threw for 114 yards, but he threw three touchdown passes and zero interceptions. More importantly, the Broncos' defense forced five turnovers, including two interceptions of Pat Mahomes as Denver pulled the upset and blew up my confidence points. I put 16 on the damn Chiefs. 24 to 9. <laughs> then finally, Baltimore at Arizona. The Cardinals drove 75 yards on 12 plays to take a 7 nothing lead to start the game, but it was all Ravens after that. Gus Edwards had 80 yards on the ground and three rushing touchdowns as the Ravens moved to 6 and 2 
with their 31-24 win over the Cardinals. And there you have it, guys. All-out blitz for week number eight. Yeah, I think I did okay. Was that 10 games? I think it was six and six and four. Yeah, six and four, because I ended up 10 and six uh, this week, uh, which is a spoiler alert. I went four and two in the all-out blitz. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about these games in our week eight pick six. Pick six for week number eight. We start in Green Bay with the Packers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it, it was uh, a big matchup for, for both teams. Uh, you know, Green Bay. Um, was Green Bay coming off the bye or was that? Let me double check real quick. I, I keep getting confused on whether they were coming off the bye or if the if the Broncos game was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was last week. So my mistake. So. Came off the bye and lost to the Broncos, giving them a they're on a three game losing streak. So they started with that win over the Bears week one. They you know blew their lead against the Falcons week two. Um, a lot of people feel like they were saved by Derek Carr's injury against the Saints with their second win in week three, and then they got crushed by the Lions on Thursday night football. They got beat by the Raiders on Monday night before the bye go on the road and lose to the Broncos 19-17 to last Sunday, and now they're home hosting the Vikings, who, you know, were 1-4 a couple of weeks ago and beat the Bears two weeks ago, beat the 49ers this past Monday, shocking the world in the, in the process, and, uh, you know, went from being 1-4 to being, you know, firmly in second place uh, in the division behind the Lions, and if they could win this game, they would be, Four and four, 500 after uh, the first eight weeks of the season, which would be quite the accomplishment considering the one and three, or A, the zero and three, the 0 and three start, and then, you know, the one and four, um, you know, a few weeks ago. So it, um, you know, it's, it was a big matchup for, for both teams. The, the, the Packers really needing a win and uh, the Vikings wanting to uh, basically get back to zero again, if you will. And uh, after a missed field goal on the opening drive, the Vikings answered with a seven-play, 77-yard drive on their second drive that ended with a six-yard Cam Akers touchdown run to go up 7 nothing. Uh, the Packers have been slow starters uh, in 2023. Even week one against the Bears, they didn't score a touchdown. They only had uh, two field goals uh, on the board going into the half, and it was in the second half that they exploded and, and took over uh, the game, and the, in the last five games in the first half, the Packers have been outscored 73-9 to and haven't scored a touchdown in the first half in any uh, of those uh, games. And the trend continued uh, on Sunday, where in the first five drives uh, for the Packers, all five drives in the first half were punt, 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 field goal to be down 10-3, uh, at the half, so you know, like I said, on the on the other hand, the Vikings moved the ball very well, uh, but still only because of the missed field goal uh, and and coming up short uh, on that last drive, they were only up ten three uh, at the half. But the second half was a completely different story, and fireworks were abound uh, to start 
uh, the half. The Vikings started with the football, went on a 13-play, 75-yard drive uh, that ended with uh, Cousins finding TJ Hawkinson uh, for a two-yard touchdown to go up 17-3. to And then on third down of the ensuing drive, Josh Metellus uh, for the Vikings picks off Love, stole the ball right out of Jalen Reed's uh, hands, and uh, and took it all the way back to the Viking 20-yard line. One play later, Cousins finds uh, Jordan Addison for a 20-yard touchdown. And just like that, we went from a 10-3 to halftime score to halfway through the third quarter, it's 24-3. to And the Vikings were in firm uh, control uh, of the game from that point on. I mean, the Packers answered that last touchdown drive with a touchdown drive of their own to make it 24 to 10, but that was as close uh, as they got because their last uh, three drives all ended in turnover on downs. So, and and they were in the red zone available to score. The Vikings just held uh, on the drives, at least on two of those three uh, drives, to uh, keep the Packers out of the end zone. They were going for touchdowns instead of instead of uh, you know kicking field goals uh, and what have you, but. Uh, you know, the, the, the headline of the game, however, uh, overshadowed by the fact that the Vikings went from 0-3 to 4-4 uh, in the last five weeks uh, is the fact that Kirk Cousins left the game in the fourth quarter with what was in initially called, according to the highlights that I saw on YouTube, initially called an ankle injury. And uh, the highlight package didn't show any, any replays of the injury uh, itself, but the Vikings feared the worst and... Earlier today, on Monday, the um, their fears were confirmed that uh, Kirk Cousins did, in fact, tear his Achilles tendon, and he is done for the year. And uh, that puts the Vikings in a precarious situation, especially with the trade deadline uh, tomorrow, that, uh, you know, this is kind of like when Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee right before the season started in 2015, 2016, and they made that last-second deal uh, for Sam Bradford, um, I believe who was with Philly at the time, uh, to uh, you know to come in and be their starting uh, quarterback uh, that year, and he had varied levels of success in his time uh, in Minnesota. So one one rumor that I heard yesterday, or all day today, in fact, was that uh, rumor has it they're working on a deal with the Saints to trade for Jameis Winston, who is sitting behind uh, Derek Carr in New Orleans. Uh, right now, and if that doesn't pan out, they have uh, Jaron Hall, who is a, a draft pick out of BYU uh, this year. He finished the game for Cousins uh, on Sunday, and their other option is Nick Mullins, uh, the former 49er uh, quarterback, who I believe is on injured reserve with a back injury right now. So they need another quarterback anyway, but uh, as far as um, you know, maybe bringing in Jameis Winston, I think that would be much more favorable for the Vikings uh, going forward than throwing a fifth-round rookie out there or uh, Nick Mullins, who was, you know, who did good, decent things uh, in San Francisco, but I don't know if he's uh, if he's built to lead this team for the next nine games uh, to get them through uh, the rest of 2023, especially with where the Vikings have worked themselves to uh, at this point. So, but uh, the Vikings get the win, twenty-four to ten. They do move to four and four. The Packers fall to two and five. They have now lost four in a row after their two and one start. Uh, the Vikings are at Atlanta, taking on the Falcons. 
next Sunday, and the Rams are at home. Excuse me, the, the Packers are at home against the Rams. But, uh, you know, I chose the Vikings to win uh, on Sunday, and uh, I got that one right. Jets at Giants. Now, a lot of people will tell you that this was the most boring game on Sunday and one of the more poorly played matchups uh, in a very long time. And I would not disagree with you, but it was a fascinating display of uh, defense and offensive ineptitude uh, all in one. Uh, Because the stat of the game, the stat of the week, hell, it might even be the stat of the season. The final score of this game was 13 to 10. So 23 points were scored. However, between these two teams, including overtime, they combined for 24 punts in this game. So there were more punts than points on Sunday between the Jets and the Giants. And, you know, it, it was, and it made, it made complete sense that of all of the highlights uh, films that I watched for the, for the pick six uh, segment this week, the Jets and the Giants were the shortest one at like eight and a half minutes versus maybe an average of anywhere from 11 to 12 minutes for the other uh, five games. But um, things got started off pretty spicy, a strip sack from Kayvon Thibodeau, who was a burden to the Jets' uh, offensive line for the entire game. I think he had three sacks uh, in this game, but a strip sack for him gave the Giants the ball on the Jet 25-yard line to start the game. But the theme of the day was offensive ineptitude, so the Giants had to settle for a field goal to go up 3 nothing. Then after that, there were six punts between the two teams, and the longest drive out of those six drives was five plays long. Uh, the Jets got on the board with a one-play 50-yard drive on Brees Hall's touchdown catch uh, and run where he did an outstanding job weaving through uh, the traffic to get into uh, the end zone. Uh, the Giants answer with a seven-play drive that ends up with another with a missed field goal by Graham Gano. Um, which would obviously be extremely important considering that uh, this was a 13 to 10 ball game uh, in the end. Then after that, there are six more drives that end in punts, and once again, the longest drive in that bunch was only five plays long. Then the Jets shook things up with a fumble on the first play of their next drive uh, to break that streak. Then the half ends with three more punts, including the Giants punting to end the first half. So all of that, 12 punts, 50, there were like 15 punts in the first half divided up between uh, the two teams. And it was seven to three uh, at the half, if I'm not mistaken. Now, so I mean, what a perfect way for the first half to end where a first half filled with 15 punts, time expired as the Giants were punting to the Jets uh, to end the first half. So the, um, the first third down conversion didn't happen until the opening drive of the second half where the Giants marched 75 yards on 11 plays and scored on quarterback Tommy DeVito's touchdown run to make it 10-7. Who, you ask? Oh, the guy that played back up behind Tyrod Taylor because he left the game with a rib injury uh, in the uh, first half. So Tommy DeVito was leading the offense uh, for the uh, Giants on Sunday because Daniel Jones still wasn't cleared uh, to play yet, and Tyrod Taylor went down uh, with an injury, just kind of adding to the catastrophe that was offensive football 
uh, in this game. Then after the Giants take a 10-7 lead, we had eight more punt drives. And again, the longest play, the longest drive in any of those eight drives was five plays long. Uh, before the Jets broke the streak on a seven-play drive that gained one yard and ended with a turnover on downs. Oh, my God. And I, you know what? It's, it's amazing. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen the highlights uh, myself. And the, the other thing with these drives is, like, you're wondering how you can squeeze 15 drives into a half. It's because all of these drives, were none of them, none of them were longer than two minutes. None of them. They averaged, like, a minute 45. In each drive, it, it was remarkable just to even look at the stats uh, online. You know, ESPN b- breaks it down. You have the you have your box score, you have play by play, team stats, and so on. Under the play by play, it will show you a quick summary, and then if you click on the summary, it will show you a play by play breakdown. Each one of these summaries was like three plays, a minute ten, three plays, a minute forty, five plays, a minute six, you know, a minute twenty five or something. It's ridiculous that. These little dink and dunk one minute drives where basically it seems like the players got more exercise running on and off the field than they did actually playing football uh, on Sunday. It was remarkable. So, but after the turnover on downs from the Jets, that gave the ball to the Giants at the Jet 26 yard line with a minute and 26 to go uh, in the game. And then after failing to get a first down on three running plays, Graham Gano attempted a 35 yard field goal and missed. Wide right, so missed two field goals uh, in a game where points were at an unbelievable premium uh, on Sunday. Uh, he missed it wide right, giving it back to the Jets at their own 25 with 24 seconds to play. And then in a, an explosion of offense, Zach Wilson hit Garrett Wilson for a 46-yard uh, gain on the first play and then hit Alan Lazard for 29 more to get to the Giants' 17 Yard line, and then with one second to go, Greg Zerline put one in from 35 yards out as time expired to send it to overtime. And in overtime, the Jets, the Giants, went three and out and punted for the 13th time in this game. And because the Jets got into field goal range, thanks to a pass interference call on a Dory Jackson that gave the ball to the Jets at the Giant 15. Zerline hit from 33 yards out to give the Jets the 13-10 to 10 win in overtime. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I really was interested in this game, this New York-New York matchup, and, uh, you know, these two teams. I mean, the Jets really, uh, you know, seem to kind of be getting their feet under them. They've won, I think, three in a row now to, to go to four and three. Uh, the Giants really needed this win, and they were the home team. Uh, for this one, but uh, yeah, it was a really, really bad uh, game. The Jets uh, are on Monday Night Football next week at home against the Chargers while the Giants go on the road to take on the Vegas Raiders. I picked the Jets, so I got the pick right. So uh, 2-0 and so far uh, in the pick six. Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Ugly, rainy conditions in Pittsburgh made for an equally ugly first half for both teams. Jacksonville had two red zone drives that end with turnovers. Evan Ingram fumbled a shovel pass in the first quarter, and Trevor Lawrence was picked off in the end zone early in the second. So they had these two red zone drives where they came away with nothing because they turned over uh, the ball 
And outside of that, the teams just ended up trading field goals for a 9-3 halftime score in favor uh, of Jacksonville. Headline of the first half, however, was Kenny Pickett leaving the game with a rib injury. Uh, that seems like that was something that's going around, uh, unfortunately, for the quarterbacks. First with Tyrod Taylor, now with uh, with uh, Kenny Pickett. So Mr. Bitsky, Mr. former Bear, uh, was uh, to take over for the uh, Steelers and, and lead them on offense the rest of the way. Now, the teams traded punts until late in the third quarter when Lawrence hit uh, Travis ATM on a wheel route, and he took it to the house for a 56-yard touchdown to make it 17-3. to Trubisky then in turn led an eight-play 75-yard drive capped off by a George Pickens 22-yard catch to uh, put the Steelers back in striking distance at 17-10. to And the Jags added one more McManus, uh, Greg McManus field goal, which was his fourth of the day to go along with the three he kicked in the first half to go up 20-10. to And then Pittsburgh's last three drives would be interception, turnover on downs, interception, and they fall uh, to four and three. The Jaguars are on the on their other hand have won five straight, are in firm grasp of the AFC South at six and two, and are tied for the best record in the AFC right now because the stinking Chiefs lost the goddamn Broncos uh, on Sunday, costing me the uh, my sixteen points. I put it on the Chiefs to uh, to beat the uh, Broncos, and the Broncos not only won but beat the crap out of Kansas City. 24-9, as I mentioned in the uh, all-out blitz. But, um, you know, like I said, this game, because of the conditions, because of the raining, uh, not really a whole lot going on uh, with it. Like I said, the, the Kenny Pickett injury was kind of like the headline uh, of the first half. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 24 of 32, 292 and a touchdown uh, in this one. Uh, Trubisky in relief was 15 of 27 for a touchdown, had two picks. The second one was kind of a Hail Mary at the end. I don't know really why they were going for a Hail Mary down 10 uh, on the last play of the game, but nonetheless, it goes at interception uh, on Trubisky. Uh, Travis ATM, ATN, three catches, 70 yards, and, and the touchdown, the 56-yarder we talked about to go along with his 79 yards on 24 carries, so a little over three yards a carry for him on Sunday, so quite a productive day for him, almost 150 yards in total offense uh, and a touchdown uh, for ATN. Uh, The Jaguars racked up three sacks uh, on Trubisky and uh, Pickett uh, combined, two of them by Josh Allen, who's just a stud. Trayvon Walker, the number one pick in 2021, the other uh, sack for the uh, Jags. But, you know, after that one and two start, and you know that one of those losses coming to the Chiefs, um, they've won five straight. And they've won, they won two games overseas. They've won at home. They've gone on the road now and beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They go into the bye on a five-game win streak. And the Steelers, on the other hand, are on Thursday Night Football this week against the uh, Tennessee Titans. And uh, I, I read that Mike Tomlin was saying that uh, the door is definitely, as he put it, ajar for uh, Kenny Pickett to play on Thursday, which would lead us to believe that the injury is not serious. But uh, I'm on a roll here. Pick the Jags to win. Nailed it. Cincinnati at San Francisco. This is where things start to go sideways for me here. Um, Did the Vikings expose the 49er defense? Because Joe Burrow, 
much like Kirk Cousins the week before on Monday Night Football, uh, threw the ball all over uh, the 49ers uh, in this one. 20, 28 of 32, which is, um, let's see, 7 of 8. So 87% uh, completion uh, percentage uh, in this one for uh, 283 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, one to Jamar Chase, one to Tyler Boyd, and one to, oh, I forget how to pronounce his name, Andre Yoshivas, I think is, is how you pronounce that, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, But, yeah, those were the three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 10 catches, 100 yards on the day. Tyler Boyd, three catches for 40. And then you had T. Higgins with five catches for 69 nice yards uh, in that one. Also, Joe Mixon, 16 carries, 87 yards. Uh, for a touchdown, and Burrow scrambled for 43 yards uh, himself. So, I mean, they basically did whatever they wanted uh, against the San Francisco defense. And Brock Purdy had a ton of yards. He went 30, 365 on uh, 22 of 31, but he threw two more interceptions uh, in this one. One of those was a, uh, a red zone uh, interception as well. It was like he tried to throw it over a linebacker's head, and the linebacker literally stole it out of his hand. Like, like just as it was coming off his hands, the guy catches it uh, and, and you know, kind of runs it back. He got pushed out of bounds. But, uh, you know, it was kind of a missed opportunity kind of day uh, for uh, the 49ers. But it was a fairly back-and-forth game through the first three quarters since he was leading 17-10 going into the fourth. But they went up 24-10 on a 17-yard Jamar Chase touchdown. And after the 49ers answered – with a McCaffrey touchdown run, they put it away with a 10-play, 78-yard drive capped off by Joe Mixon's five-yard run uh, to put the nail in the coffin. That put him up 31-17 to with about, I believe, like three minutes to go in the game, if it was even that much. Yeah, 254 is uh, how much was left in the game uh, when he made that one. Strip sack of Purdy on the ensuing drive put it to bed for good. Uh, giving the Bengals the uh, win, making them four and three uh, in the AFC North. Uh, still behind the six and two uh, Ravens at this point, but Burrow is back and healthy. He was running around and scrambling, showing that that calf injury is no longer uh, a factor uh, for him. And the Bengals have now won four out of five after you know starting zero and two. Now they're four and three, so they've won four out of their last five games to reflect the fact that they've got a healthy Joe Burrow uh, leading the offense. There are no restrictions on him uh, anymore. The 49ers, however, go into the bye week on a three-game losing streak. They were 5-0, and the unquestioned best team in the league, and after Sunday's performance, their third straight loss. And it's kind of progressively gotten worse the last few weeks uh, as well because – Three weeks ago against Cleveland, that was a game they should have won. They had they missed two field goals in that game, and including the one with about a minute or so to go in the game, if it was even that much. Uh, Moody misses the field goal that would have won it uh, for him. Last week against Minnesota, it was more about the mistakes that they made, the 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 Purdy interceptions in the second half, the the fumble in the in the red zone by McCaffrey. Uh, in that one, uh, another missed field goal uh, by Moody in that one. And and this one, they just flat out got beat uh, by Cincinnati, you know, at home as well. So it's like getting progressively worse. Those two games, those first two games they lost on the road, 
This one, they came home and got handled uh, by the Bengals. It's not a good look. The, um, so, yeah, San Francisco's on the bye, and this is definitely a team that could use it uh, at this point. I mean, you never want to go into a bye uh, losing a game or, God forbid, on a losing streak like San Francisco is right now. But uh, if anybody could use a break right now, it's the 49ers. And uh, they've got two weeks to uh, to get prepared for the uh, Jaguars uh, on the twelfth, uh, uh, so week number ten, uh, they'll be at at Jacksonville to take on the uh, the Jaguars. So who are also on a bye. So the two teams are all on the bye together uh, coming up in week nine, and they'll both be well rested uh, when they face each other uh, in Jacksonville. Cincinnati, on the other hand. Probably one of the biggest games of the week next Sunday night against the Buffalo at home uh, in Cincinnati. Kind of a return, uh, that game last year where uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, went down with his cardiac arrest. That was a Monday night game in Cincinnati. So kind of returning uh, to the scene, if you will, of that unfortunate uh, situation. So, But um, that's a huge, huge game. Uh, I think Buffalo's only 5-3 and three, uh, at this point. And, you know, Cincinnati's on a roll right now. They're at home. They've got a lot of momentum. That one's going to be huge. It's going to be a tough pick to make, that's for sure, uh, when it comes down to it. But, uh, you know, I didn't A, I didn't think the 49ers would lose three in a row, especially when I heard Brock Purdy was fine because, you know, there were the issues with the uh, concussion uh, symptoms that he came down with when on the team plane back from uh, Minnesota. But he was healthy and cleared and ready to go, and yet did not go well, and the 49ers lose uh, to the Bengals, and I got my pick wrong. So that sucks. Sunday Night Football, speaking of which, Bears at Chargers. Uh, second start for the young hero himself, Tyson Bagent, who was looking to pick up from where he left off last week against the Raiders. You know, didn't exactly light up the uh, light up the you, the world or anything like that, but... He was efficient, he was effective, he was smart, mistake-free also uh, as well, uh, leading the Bears to their uh, only second win of the season. But they never really got a chance uh, to get that going this week because before the Bears could blink, they were down 14 to nothing uh, in this one. And it was one of those, as, as a Sour Grapes uh, Bear fan, uh, they, uh, the Bears got screwed on a couple of calls uh, number one, literally the first play of the game for the Bears. Uh, Bajent finds Darnell Moody down the sideline for about a 40-yard uh, gain. He catches the ball and doesn't get touched. He gets up and didn't really do a great job selling it, but he gets up and kind of like running is confused, and I should I keep going? He's He is running and whatnot. Turns out he wasn't touched. Upon review, the referee should have let that one play out. Instead, they blew it dead. Right there, uh, it happened again uh, later on with Cole Komet, who was kind of he was kind of wrapped up, but he had his knees going and everything. He's trying to get away. He finally squirts out uh, and starts running. Then the whistles come, so you know they blow the whistle after he broke away uh, and everything. There was another one that uh, was kind of egregious on the part of the the referee. So it's like we had enough of an uphill battle playing the Chargers, especially with the the awful defensive game plan our head coach slash defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus came into the game with. Uh, we have one of the weakest pass rushes the NFL has to offer. And uh, rather than, you know, I don't know, dial up some blitzes to put some pressure on a tier one quarterback like uh, Justin Herbert, 
Uh, we decided to just, you know, try to get home with four and sit back in zone and uh, allow Herbert to pick us apart. And pick us apart, he did. Uh, he completed his first 15 passes en route to a 21-for-25 uh, performance in the first half. Three touchdowns, over 200 yards passing uh, and everything. So, yeah, because, uh, you know, he was able to sit there and just pick us apart because the Bears offered no pass rush and we didn't bring any pressure via the blitz until the second half when it was too late. It was too late uh, at that point. Uh, the Bears also let Austin Eckler get going uh, in the passing game. He was only 15 carries for 29 yards uh, in the rushing game, but seven catches for 94 yards and a touchdown in the passing game. You can't let that happen. So, I mean, he's just as dangerous, if not more so, in the passing game uh, coming out of the, uh, the backfield. And, you know, the Bears just keep disappointing their fans. Every time we think they have a reason to be excited, we have a performance like this, you know. It's like we had those back-to-back offensive performances against Denver and Washington, one of which was a big victory for us, only to come home the following week against the Vikings and just absolutely shit to bed. It was embarrassing. And then, you know, all hope is lost. Justin Fields is out for however long. And, uh, you know, we got to throw Tyson Bajant uh, in there. But, you know, we have our most dominant win in a long time uh, in, in beating up on the Raiders, we got our third and fourth running backs running all over them. The offensive line is protecting, uh, you know, against the pass and opening up holes in the run. The defense only allowed six points uh, in that ball game uh, and everything. The third straight uh, good performance from the defense. So thinking that we might have a snowball's chance in hell against the Chargers if we can dial up some pressure and get after uh, Herbert, we didn't do that. But when we did in the second half, we only allowed six points in the second half, but it didn't matter because it was the game was already over uh, at that point. Uh, the Chargers beat my beloved 30-13, uh, to 13, and like a fool, I thought the Bears could win. Final pick six matchup in Detroit, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Speaking of uh, last week's uh, matchup with the Bears, um, yeah, I mean, this one... The Lions kept the Raiders in the game, uh, but the Raiders did themselves no favors whatsoever. None. Uh, the the you know in, including a pick six um, that made it sixteen to fourteen early in the third quarter. The Lions were only up sixteen fourteen in the third quarter thanks to those. There were fumbles by the two Reynoldses on the Lions. And then Goff throwing a very bad pick six to Marcus Peters that made it a 16-14 to 14, uh, game uh, for him. But like I said, the Raiders did themselves no favor. Like the offense, if you thought it was bad last week under Hoyer, it looked even worse against Jimmy G uh, this week uh, against the uh, Lions. 10 of 21 for a buck 26 and an interception. Josh Jacobs ran the ball fairly well, 61 yards on... 15 carries, so four yards a carry. He had a touchdown uh, in the, the ball game uh, as well. But the only offensive touchdown that the Raiders scored, because the other one was, of course, the pick six from uh, Peters. But, uh, you know, along to go along with their own offensive ineptitude, the, the Lions did their part in keeping the Raiders at bay, uh, sacking Jimmy G six times, and they picked him off once as well, as I mentioned uh, before. 
the defensive performance helped offset the turnovers that the offense uh, kept uh, cranking out. It was an easy win uh, for Detroit. Jameer Gibbs, their number one pick uh, this year, 26 carries, 152 yards and a touchdown. Craig Reynolds, the backup, had 74 yards uh, on 14 carries, uh, which is a pretty damn good average uh, as well. That's over five yards uh, a carry uh, for him. Goff, 26-37, 272, a touchdown, and the uh, the the pick six as well. Amon Ross St. Brown, six catches, 108 yards. Sam Laporta, eight catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown uh, in that one as well. Alex Anzalone with two sacks. Tracy Walker, the DB, had a sack as well. Uh, Ali McNeil and Julian Okarwa. Yeah, two two sacks for McNeil, one for Okarwa uh, as well for the six sacks for the uh, Lions. So the Lions are on the bye at 6-2. and two. The Giants, or excuse me, the Raiders hosting the Giants next Sunday. I picked the the Lions, which gives me an awesome four and two record in our pick six segment for week number eight. I'll take it. Four out of uh, you know four out of six is not bad at all. It gave me a ten and six record uh, for the week. So uh, yeah, I think I had eighty eight points overall uh, in this one. So not a bad showing, but of course, I don't think anywhere near. As uh, good as I hoped it would be, yeah, 113 points won the uh, won the week this week. So uh, we'll dig more into that on the preview uh, for week nine uh, coming up on Thursday. But uh, anyway, that is going to do it, guys, uh, for the week eight review episode of the fourth phase. Uh, like I said, come back Thursday for the week nine preview. We have 14 games. Because uh, we have four teams on the bye. So, 14 games to talk about, which means we got a four game pick six. And as always, 10 games in the All Out Blitz. Uh, come on back on Thursday to find out what the pick six games were. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the fourth phase. We'll see you next time. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.